Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Seamus. Talking about the Father, the, uh, the revelation of the Father heart now for quite a, bit, quite a bit of time. Thank you for just kind of hanging in there with me as uh, we're going through it. And I don't really see uh, an end, even though I know there will be, uh, into turning into our attention to something else on a Sunday morning, but never leaving the message behind. You know, as someone said, you know, the, the, the revelation of the Father heart, Father heart is really the bookcase that all the other books sit on. And I think that makes sense. Without the revelation of your identity, you know, you can, we can go after a revival and we can have a visitation, but really there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's an urgency. And I'll read it out of Romans chapter 8. There is an urgency for, the, for God's people to realize and gain revelation of their, uh, of their heavenly Father and to actually begin living as sons and daughters. And so uh, what I'd like to do today is I'd like to, you know, there's, there's the, let's just call this chair the world, those who don't know Jesus, but we pray for them, right, to receive Christ, right? We want to go after that. Here, I want to, this is going to represent um, the heart attitude of an orphan, which is actually prevalent in the church. So it's like an orphan mindset that needs to be broken. Remember it talks about in Romans chapter 12, the renew, having our minds renewed. So really, it's a sanctifying process. So we want to keep moving from, and this chair here is going to represent sonship. And so this is really where our identity needs to be. It actually is already established in heaven. It's just us coming into the revelation of who we are. So, so for some of us, for me personally, I'll just use me for example, for many years I was sitting in this chair even though I was a pastor. Striving, there was competition, all that stuff that is not, I didn't have the revelation. I mean, I was saved, spirit-filled, uh, you know, preached, counseled, led by the Spirit, all that, but still I carried within me this orphaned heart. And like I told you last week, it's probably because, you know, my dad didn't know the Lord, and he died suddenly when I was 17 years old. And so I didn't understand, like I never, my mom never remarried. So the father was always, always distant to me. Even though there were times of affection that I had with my dad, it was always based around what you need to do and what you have to do. And though I'm okay with, with achievement, I think achievement's something that's worthy of, it has to come out of a place of my identity and my love um, as a son to my father, and out of that, out of who I am, I actually do, and I actually achieve for his glory, right? But for so many of us, we're striving, and we're working so hard, that's why we have so much burnout. We have so many pastors who are, I don't know, they're, hopefully they're getting stronger, but because we're, we're living in this place, we have pastors who are morally failing, we have churches that are dividing, who are splitting, who are all kinds of things, and the Lord wants to, he wants to, he wants to restore us back to this place. He wants to move us from this chair to this chair. Does that make sense? Because really the foundation of a habitation where the presence of the Lord is going to dwell, and I'm talking about not just months, not just years, I'm talking about decades, is when we actually wind up here. So there are times when I'll find myself sitting here with an orphan mindset, and the Lord's going to give me revelation to bring me over here. Does that make sense? And so we're going to get revelation, and that's part of the sanctifying process of knowing Jesus. 
right? We're justified. We're declared righteous. The blood of Jesus covers our sin. We're, we, are, we are seated in heavenly places, but still God has to renew our mind and move us away from, we live in a, oops, we live in an orphan, oh my gosh, we live in an orphan world, chairs are black. We live in an orphan, orphan world, and so in a lot of our churches, in, in some ways are, are kind of orphanages, and the Lord needs to move us out of that orphan mentality and into a sonship mentality. And so what I want, I'm looking down now. So what I want to do is I want to bring up one or two people. They're going to, one's going to, now the person's going to sit here, I'm not saying has an orphan hearted attitude, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you know, you just want to, and the person who sits here, you know, I'm, I'm believing they are like, you know what I'm saying? Like they got it. Okay. So, um, who am I going to call on? Am I going to call on um, am I going to, should I call on you, honey? Because you, you're like a son. Like, you're, you just got it. You, the, the intimacy thing is just right there. And so, I mean, I know I said that doesn't, but my wife, you know, isn't she amazing? And I, I don't know, should I have Caitlin come up here? Or I should have Billy come up here? Or I should have, Huh? You're staying here, taking notes. Marvin, come up here. Okay, Marvin, come on up here. All right, you guys give it up for Marvin. All right, give it up for Marvin. All right, I have never done this before. Man, this is just like, we're just going to go for it. I was thinking about, do I keep the chairs empty? Do I not keep the chairs empty? Do I bring people up here? Do I not bring people up here? And then they're going to look at, they're going to be staring at you. They're going to be feeling embarrassed. Are you okay, Marvin? Yes. Okay, Marvin's, Marvin's okay. So, um, so what I'm going to do, this is going to be like rapid fire. But just remember that if, if you, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out some comparisons. I'm going to say in chair one, you're like this. And in chair two, you're like this. And they're going to be just going back and forth. Does that make sense? Just say yes and amen, even if that doesn't make any sense. All right. All right. You're going to get it when I start. All right. So Wendy's going to be taking notes. But she represents chair one, sonship. Everyone say sonship. All right. So Marvin represents chair two and the heart, with the heart attitude of an orphan, though you're a huge son, man, right there. All right. Everyone just say, yeah, you are, Marvin. I just feel bad anyone being in this chair. You know what I'm saying? It's like... And over here, this is the loss. Okay, we're, you know, they don't know. Anyway, so I'm just going to move this chair over here, okay? So that's, but I want to focus here, and I want to just kind of lay this out, and I want, I want, there are some things that are going to hit you. There's some things that are going to hit you. You're going to say, man, I'm, I'm, seat, I'm seated here when he just read that. And it's not to discourage you. It's just to encourage you to move over here. Does that make sense? Like on this list that I'm going to be sharing with you, it's going to be a rapid fire list. You guys aren't going to be here for 25 minutes. Trust me. But on this list, I'm going to be reading things off this list that I know I'm still here. And the Lord is is sanctifying me to get over here. But if I don't get the revelation of what this looks like, then there's no target. Does that make sense? And it says in Ephesians chapter 1, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. 
So we need both wisdom and revelation so that we can actually move into this thing. So if, you want, if you're finding yourself here, just ask the Lord to help you get over here. Okay? Are we good? I'm being redundant because I hope this makes sense. All right, here we go. So in chair, in chair, number, chair number this one, second one, the heart, the heart attitude of an orphan is God is master. The heart attitude of sonship is that he's father. The heart attitude um, of an orphan is that the father is distant and passive. The heart attitude of a son is that the father is present and active. The heart attitude of the orphan is fear-based. The heart attitude of a son is love-based. The heart attitude of an orphan, that person works hard to win love. The heart attitude of a son is that that person abides to receive love. The heart attitude of an orphan works hard for approval. The heart attitude of a son lives from approval. You guys all right? The heart attitude of an orphan lives feeling that what they do is never enough for God. The heart attitude of a son lives from the finished work of Christ. He is enough. And from that point, we live in sonship. The heart attitude of an orphan is a servant who strives. The heart attitude of a son is a son who serves. The heart attitude of the orphan is to do, have, in order to be. The heart attitude of a son is to be, have, in order to do. That makes sense? We hit that last week. The heart attitude, are you doing all right, Marvin? You, you, should I change seats and have you guys, okay. I don't want any weighty, junky stuff falling on you. All right. The heart attitude of the orphan views reality from the second heaven. Warfare. Hard. Intense. The heart attitude of sonship views reality from the third heaven is seated with Christ and prays from heaven to earth, seeing what the Father is doing and releasing that on the earth. The heart attitude of an orphan wants to escape earth in order to get to heaven. Come, Lord Jesus, take me out of this mess. Okay, anyone prayed that? All right. Hopefully you didn't pray it today. But anyway... This world is falling apart. This world is so dark. Just, I'm, a, I'm, I'm pre-trib. When that trumpet sounds, I'm going. I'm not a post. Anyway, yes, eschatology, but. The heart attitude of a son in sonship views reality from, oh, wants to bring heaven to earth. So here we want to we get from earth to heaven, and a son wants to bring heaven to earth. 
The heart attitude of an orphan lives for God. The heart attitude of a son lives from God. Lives from a place of abiding. You guys all right? The heart attitude, at least I'm stirring, getting you to think a little bit, which is what, anyway. The heart attitude of an orphan, the world's touch corrupts the believer. So we stay away from the world. The heart attitude of sonship, the believer's touch cleanses the world. So remember, in the Old Testament, it was illegal for you to touch a leper. But in the New Testament, it was legal because Jesus did it. The heart attitude of an orphan is, the ch- is church, churchianity. The heart attitude of a son is ecclesia. The heart attitude of an orphan, you're influenced by the world. So you're fighting off sin, constantly fighting off sin, fighting off temptation. The heart attitude and sonship influences the world. The heart attitude of an orphan is afraid of being misled. The heart attitude and sonship is confident in hearing God's voice. The heart attitude of the orphan feels, and the focus there is on feel, feels disapproval from God, so there is constant pressure to perform. The heart attitude of a son and daughter experiences God's pleasure without performing. Fully accepted. The heart attitude of the orphan lives with a sense of restlessness. The heart attitude of a son lives at rest. The heart attitude of an orphan lives constantly focused on fighting off sin. The heart attitude in sonship lives from and walks in the Spirit. The heart attitude of an orphan is mainly anxious and negative. The heart attitude of a son, mainly joyful and positive. If you read Galatians 4, Paul's talking about adoption of sons. Remember that? But basically what he's saying is, where is your joy? And I got to thinking about, I I was just thinking, Lord, is the first indicator that I'm shifting from here to here is the loss of joy. Remember, Paul is not writing to the unsaved. He's writing to the, the church in Galatia. He's writing to the saved. So we have the potential of sliding over. This is, what, this is the argument Paul's addressing in the book of Galatians. He's talking about you can't live in the flesh, but live in the spirit. 
You can't walk in the flesh, but walk in the Spirit. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to believers. Anyway. The heart attitude. Are you all right? I'm just checking in on you, man. The heart attitude of the orphan is pessimistic. Focused on what God is not doing. The heart attitude of a son is optimistic. Focused on what God is doing. That's why they can pray from heaven to earth. They know what God is doing because they're seated in heavenly places. The heart attitude of the orphan, the orphan heart, lives criticizing themselves. Can't do enough. Not doing enough. Can't do this. It's just a, you're just leveling yourself. The Bible says, love your neighbor as your, which brings us to the heart attitude of a son lives loving themselves. Loving yourself in a healthy way is not arrogant. I love you. I mean, I'm talking to Whitney. But... He loves you too. I, love I love you too, though. The orphan-hearted, the attitude of the orphan heart sees themselves as victims. The attitude of a son, wherever I'm at, oh, sees themselves as conquerors. The attitude of the orphan heart works for everything in life, for their complete life in God. It's striving. The attitude of sons receives everything in life for their walk with Jesus. It's John 15. It's abiding. You guys all right? Which leads us to the next. The orphan heart attitude is filled with striving. The attitude of sons are filled with abiding. The, the attitude of the orphan heart primarily receives identity from others. From their work, from other people. The attitude of the son primarily receives their identity from their heavenly father. The orphan heart Sorry, man, I feel really bad. Uses others to gain, uses others for their own gain and for their own benefit. You know, as a son, you bless others and you serve them for their benefit. The orphan heart is jealous of the success of others. The, the heart that's, that has a sonship, revelation, is committed to the success of others. The orphan heart needs to prove worth in order to be loved. 
the sonship heart, they have worth knowing that they are loved. The orphan heart, I only have a few more, just in case you're counting. It's like quite a list, right? The orphan heart does not feel they belong to a family resulting in independence. The heart of a son feels they are part of a family resulting in interdependence. They're connected. The orphaned heart feels rejected. The sonship hearts feels accepted. The orphaned heart is works-focused. The sonship heart is grace-focused. The orphan heart struggles to comprehend that God fully loves them. The sonship heart fully believes that God fully loves them. The orphan heart, last one. The orphan heart believes their value and worth is based on service. How much can I do for God? The sonship heart, their value and their worth is based on relationship. It's based on the finished work of Christ. So you have... You have the mindset of of the orphan, and you have the mindset of a son. We're living in a day and age. I think that Romans 8, which I'll read in a moment, has a level of weight to it in the spirit that we really need to pay attention to. But if we're going to see, you're already seated here. In the spirit, you're already seated here. In other words, there's nothing that you can do to earn God's love and favor. It's been given to you in Christ. But what we do is we feel like we have to strive. We don't feel fully loved. We don't feel fully embraced because we focus more on our flaws than on Christ. Really, everything here is the absence of the revelation of this. When we gain revelation of our sonship, the revelation of the Father's heart, the revelation of His love for me, it's kind of like light turns on, and as soon as light turns on, darkness leaves. So, the absence... Because there's an absence of the revelation that we're sons and daughters of the living God, and I'm not talking about just the mental theological revelation. I'm talking about the heart revelation. Because I'm really good at understanding it. I'm not super great at at having it hit right here. 
the revelation of the Father's love that actually hits the heart, the more this grows, the less this grows. The, more, the greater reality of this increasing decreases this. The greater reality of this increasing actually decreases this. So we have, we have people who are, thanks you guys, you guys can go. You guys are awesome, thank you. This is why the revelation of the Father's love is so crucial for us. If you take your, take your Bibles, and I want you to go to Romans 8, and we're going to finish because I'm out of time. I want to look at verses 14 through 24. I think we're in a critical hour. Yeah. And one thing about Romans 8 that's so, I don't have time to develop the passage as much as I would like, but all creation is crying out for the sons and daughters of God to arise. I'm going to read it to you out of the Passion Translation. Is that all right? It's going to have to be. Verse 14. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, which is slavery, leading you back into fear of never being good enough. Now, this is God's word, right? Everyone say amen. amen. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty. You did not receive that spirit. Leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. He's talking to believers. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the ecclesia, right? It's who he's talking to. So there is the potential of moving back into a spirit of being religious, form without function, this religiosity, this idea of an orphan heart to move back into here. And this is what Paul is trying to, to exhort in the book of Romans and in Galatians and other places in the New Testament not to move from here to here. Remember, they tried to introduce Jewish law and they tried to introduce concepts of the law so they would, they would actually not live from here, but they actually have to live here. And Paul says, that is death to you. But you received the spirit of full exception, full acceptance. In the NIV and other translations that you have received the adoption to sonship. Don't fall back here. Why? Because when you accepted Christ, you received the spirit of adoption to sonship. This is where you are seated. Though maybe your mind is here, you're really here. And Paul's exhorting the Romans or the, that area do not slip into this chair. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned 
For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father or Abba father. Do you know how radical that statement is in the New Testament believer? Like when Paul wrote it. We're talking about a God where the whole book of Leviticus is written unto, this is how you approach him. We're talking about in the Old Testament where they would write Yahweh and they would, they would put a pen down and grab another pen and when they write Yahweh again, they would take that pen and put another pen because they reverenced the name so heavily. We're going from this complete, God is obscure and unapproachable and we have to do it by sacrifice and killing lambs and all this kind of stuff to the place where we can actually call him daddy. We still struggle with that. I mean, the orphan heart will focus more on the holiness of God, possibly, than the daddyship of God. Though God is holy. So you have to figure out theologically, how does this work? The holiness of God and Papa. Wow. Verse 16, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. So it's a simple one. Holy Spirit, make the Father heart of God real to me. That's what it says. As he whispers in our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. Say, I'm God's child. And since we are true children, I love that, true children, we qualify to share all his treasures. What? For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. Just meditate on that phrase. The orphan heart says, I don't, I don't believe it. I, don't, I can't receive that. I, I don't know how that. The son says, I receive it. Because the word says it. Really, there's two quantifiers in order to move in this, in this chair and stay there. Believe and receive. Well, I, I need to learn. Believe and receive. What did Jesus say? He says that the... In order for us to, to bring the kingdom inside of us, to live in the kingdom, we have to become more like children. It's not hard for a child to believe and receive. All right. And since we are true children, we qualify to share in all his treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has we will experience being co-glorified with him provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. The entire universe 
is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of the glory of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against for against its will, the universe itself has to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequence of human sin. But now, with eager expectation, the universe, eager expectation. I don't know how that is. I don't know how all creation could be doing this, this eager expectation. All creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom of coming into, coming to God's children. My revelation of who I am in Christ as God's son actually can impact creation. The revelation of knowing that I'm a son of God can impact a nation. The impact that you're a son of God, I don't know how it works, can impact where you work, just the revelation alone. And being empowered by the Holy Spirit. All creation longs for the freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom of coming to God's children. To this day, we are aware of the universal agony and groaning of creation as if we are in the contractions of labor for childbirth. And it's not just creation. We who already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit also inwardly groan as we passionately long to experience the full status as God's sons and daughters, including our physical bodies being transformed. How many could say amen to that? In other words, what you have now is not even close to what you're going to be. Oh, you guys need to get happy. So, we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are His lovers and we have been called to fulfill His design purpose. For He knew all about us and before we were born, He destined us from the beginning to share in the likeness of His Son. This means the Son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like Him. I mean, if you just read verse 30, for we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthened us. What's the foundation? Sons and daughters. What's the foundation? Children of God. Let me read to you a, a story that I found. Hopefully this will make sense. Ever heard of the eagle and the chicken story? If you have, all right. This is not in the Bible. There's an old, well-known story of a chicken farmer who found an eagle's egg. He put, it in, he put it with the chickens and soon the egg hatched. The young eagle grew up with all the chickens and whatever they did, the eagle did too. He thought he was a chicken just like them. 
Since the chickens could only fly a short distance, the eagle also learned to fly a short distance. He thought that this was what he was supposed to do. So that was all that he thought he could do. As a consequence, that was all he was able to do. One day the eagle saw a bird flying high above him and he was very impressed. Who is that? He asked the hens around him. That's an eagle, the king of the birds, the hen told him. He belongs in the sky. We belong on the earth. We're just chickens. So the eagle lived and died as a chicken. For that is what he thought he was. The truth is, we're not in this chair. We're in this chair. And I think the, the cry of my heart is for me too. Is that I don't want to live life among chickens if I'm born to be an eagle. And I think there are, there are, there are people in our congregations that are born to be eagles, but they're living like chickens. They're living under their potential. They're striving. They're burned out. They're leaving ministry left and right. On and on and on it goes because we haven't got into the revelation of who the Father is and who we are in the Father. So my word of encouragement for all of us is, it's time to, to quit living among the chickens and start soaring like an eagle. All right, let's stand together. Let's all stand. I'm actually closing on nearly on time. I have a prayer that's going to break the orphan spirit off of anyone in this room. And all of us have a level of this in our lives. Let's, like, let's, let's just get real. So we're not standing, you know, and some of us maybe are over here a little bit more. Some of us are over here. It's just not about, it's just breaking off this mindset and beginning to get the father heart in us, begin living as sons and daughters. So I, I want to go ahead and I'm going to pray this prayer and I want you to repeat it. Can you do that? It's not, it's not going to trick you. It's a very simple prayer. All right. And we're just praying that the, this orphan thing will be just chipped off of our life. So just repeat after me. Father God, I thank you that I am your beloved son or daughter. You fill it in. I believe and receive this revelation and truth into my life. You delight in me. You celebrate me. I don't have to be anyone else but me. I ask you to send your love to heal any and all orphan thinking and behavior in my life. Reveal your love to me in a fresh new way. Allow this revelation to bring a radical transformation in my life. I want to be a representative of your kingdom of love.
Father, I want to partner with you as your son or daughter in bringing your healing love to my city, to my home, and to the nations. That they will know you as a loving father of all men. Of all men. Take the hand of the person next to you. You can cross the aisles. That's fine. If you if you don't feel if you feel all right about that, that's fine. If you don't, that's a problem. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm. Uh, Just take a moment and just look around the room. It's kind of awkward holding hands, but just look around the room for a second. These are your sons. These are your brothers and sisters. These are sons and daughters. No, seriously. It's an ecclesia gathering of sons and daughters. The people in this room are not your enemies. We're to cheer on the people in this room. Their victory becomes our victory. Their breakthrough becomes our breakthrough. We're family. Everyone say it, we're family. I think the the heartbeat of God is that every person that he ever created would start the Lord's Prayer by saying, Our Father. That's the heartbeat of God, is that His kids would say, Our Father. He's the perfect Father. And we haven't had perfect fathers. No one has. But don't let that be a limitation for you to step into the fullness of our Heavenly Father. Does that make sense? Jesus came to reveal the Father. Jesus did not do anything. He only did what he saw his Father doing. Why? Because he wanted us to get a revelation of his heart as his kids. So, Father, as we're just holding hands corporately, We just say we receive the love of the Father in our hearts. And we just pray, Lord, that we would just that you would transfer that revelation to the person on my left and to the person on my right. That they would grow in this revelation. That we would be in this together. That we would love like you love. Father, I pray for the for the dads. I'm talking about the gray hair folks in this place. That we would gain greater revelation of the Father's heart too, and that we would be fathers who would represent you to another generation, to the younger generation, and that the younger generation would rise up and grab a hold of moms and dads who've been in the faith for a lot of years that we can gain wisdom from. Lord, let there be a uniting of the generations. And I pray, Lord, that as we gain revelation around this, that there would be, that would bring transformation into our families, 
homes, in the workplace. Thank you. Thank you for the person on my left. Thank you for the person on my right. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. You might as well turn this over. <sighs> you guys can stay standing. We're almost ready to go. You can stay seated if you wanted, though. <laughs> oh, praise God. I was asking the Lord just if there was anything that he wanted me to kind of like leave you with before we headed out today. And honestly, the only thing I could hear from him was more of a word of encouragement. Keep your eyes out. Keep looking for opportunities because the Lord is constantly giving us opportunities to exercise sonship. And I feel like sometimes we wait for the Lord to go, okay, so now I'm going to pick you up out of the seat and put you over here and then you can do it. But we're already here. Pastor Greg just said, we're all sitting here. And so I feel like this week, I feel like he really wants to prove it to each and every one of us. And I know that's scary and I know it's vulnerable and I know, you know, you don't want to look weird, but I mean, come on, we're weird people, right? Right? We're not of this world. So everyone stand with me. We're going to pray us out. If I can have my ministry team come forward and just line up right here. They're going to be here for about 20 minutes um, after service. They're amazing. Love them. <laughs> and then... Um, and then if you feel like you just want some encouragement in what Pastor Greg shared, or if you feel like you're scared to operate in this thing, or if there's any other reason that you need prayer, just come on up. And our ministry team is just going to bless you and pour out and send you out ready for the week. Does that sound good? Okay, so Lord, we just receive from you, God. We just say yes to your plans for this week. We say yes to the opportunities that you're going to give us that you're already giving us. I just pray right now as, um, as we're sitting here before you, God, highlight a person to us. Highlight, highlight a conversation that we had that maybe didn't sit right. Highlight someone's name. Or as we're going about our week, God, I just pray, Lord, that you'll show us opportunities to move as your ecclesia, as sons and daughters. Reveal to us what you say about us, corporately and individually, Father. We want to step into this thing, and we are choosing today to step into this thing. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe, and thank you for listening.